Welcome to Coaching Culture, the podcast where we discuss how we can use sports and not let them use us. I'm J.P. Nervin, the founder of Thrive on Challenge, and the mission for this podcast is to connect leaders in athletics to help us create a transformational culture by building leadership and character. Now let's get started. Welcome to Episode 30, The Path to Mastery in Your Culture, with guest Trevor Reagan from TrainUgly.com. Before we get started today, I just have a favor to ask of you, which is to go into iTunes and give the podcast a five-star rating. Or if you don't feel it's worth the five stars, please shoot me an email about what I can improve so it can be worth that five-star rating. Now today we're going to be continuing my conversation with Trevor, who was on the previous two episodes, and we're going to be discussing how we as coaches can illuminate the path and support our players on the path to mastery. We're going to discuss some of the dangers on this path and some really practical advice and tools when it comes to being intentional with our language. So when it comes to mastery, what are some best ways for coaches to create that environment of, uh, of mastery? All right, so like we're talking about intrinsic motivation on the podcast. We talked about autonomy. Um, we've talked about, and I know you could talk for ages about that, and you could talk for ages about purpose. But when it comes to mastery, I feel like this is always one that's really challenged me about how you help someone see uh, a path to progression, maybe. I think that's kind of important to it. Um, but I know that when I'm experiencing improvement in the weight room with my running, uh, when I was training for a marathon, anything like that, it only amplified my motivation significantly. Yep. But I had to see it, right? Um, yep. not, just, not just my trainer or my coach. Uh, right. So just tell me a little bit about what are some sure. ways for coaches to create that. Um, this is tough. Because it's like with stuff like weightlifting and working out, it, you're right. It's like when we make progress, it's like I'm doubling down. Let's go. I see, <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I see there's an ab coming in. Let's do this and get another one. <laughs> so, like, it's like you're, you're 100% right. And that's sometimes the case in sports. But there's actually another side of it. Sometimes if I make progress, a couple things can happen. One is I could take my foot off the gas and just like, all right, like I got better. Now I'm good to go. I developed that skill. I can, I'm pretty good at it. Now I'm good to go. So we kind of stop sometimes. Another thing that could happen is we, and that first thing we call sort of like a story of, I don't need to work at this anymore. Yeah. Um, the other thing that can happen when we achieve success is sometimes it can actually trigger and enhance a bit of fear of now that I'm good at this, I can't go backwards. And sometimes if I have that mindset, it's like I start avoiding challenges and things that might make me look bad because I'm trying to protect this perception of I'm good at this. So it's like that is a slippery side as well. So what happens is I think it's easy to see when we're struggling with something, fixed mindset and fear can kind of spring up of, I can't learn this. I'm afraid to look bad. But sometimes when we achieve success, those things can spring up as well. And so it's just understanding that those are sort of forces that are always around. Don't let them rob you of opportunities because regardless of how good we are at something, there's always room to grow. And no matter what, this fear of kind of resisting get out of, getting out of our comfort zone and looking bad, that is in all of us. Like we're wired in many ways to feel that. 
and that's okay. So sometimes if we don't understand that that's like a human response, we assume like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm afraid, something's wrong, something's bad, shouldn't do this, can't do this, and it actually robs us of the opportunity. Uh, The big upgrade that we try to teach people is like that fear is normal, it is okay. Like if we put you into a situation out of your comfort zone, there's going to be some tension, there's going to be some fear, and that is okay. So using that knowledge, that can start to go back to answer your question. That can help us when, okay, we start to see progress. Sometimes that can be motivating and fueling and we continue. Sometimes it can create a story and sometimes it can create fear. Now we know how to overcome those things and we're more likely to stick on this road that we're on. I think the other thing is to have great conversations and point people at the progress because sometimes when you're in the trenches working at something, it's not visible like, oh, my goodness, I have a six-pack now. It's like in a team sport, it's like maybe hard to see the progress. And so a great coach, great teacher, great parent can help people recognize that that uh, progress. And not in a way of like, okay, you should be satisfied and, and you don't have to work at this anymore. It's just like, yo, I see you really working at this skill, whatever it may be. I see you getting the reps. I see you getting out of your comfort zone and kind of seeking out challenges to build that skill. And to be honest with you, I am seeing lots of progress. And if you keep that up and keep finding ways to stretch yourself and keep practicing it, I think you're going to make a lot more progress. I'm here to help you do that, but I just want to say I see you. And I know it's not always easy. I know it's not always fun, but I see you and I see the progress. And, like, imagine that short conversation at the drinking fountain like that is that little spark plug that a great coach again it's pushing their buttons and helping them recognize like learning is not always pretty we know that but it's not always easy either and helping people feel seen safe and supported in that journey i think will add to that motivation and then like you said there's lots of other principles we can build in and you and you said many of the other like big ones like autonomy and intrinsic motivation and all that, like Daniel Pink, great source for this, Simon Sinek, great source for those type of things. But I think there's um, some some other things we can do as well. So that would be my advice. We talk about those different issues that come up when it comes to mastery, when people start to experience success or improvement, and they kind of can shift that fixed mindset. I think that's obviously, uh, like you said, um, I also think when they start to, as they achieve things, start to find that that makes them more valuable as a person. So yeah. When they, when they go through struggles, they really, really struggle uh, with issues of self-worth. And yeah. I know that was my experience in high school as a basketball player. You know, right. I experienced early, early on success. Um, and then I felt like I had to maintain that. Yep. Um, and boy, did it hurt my performance. But even more, it hurt, it hurt my self-esteem and helped my, and it really pushed me into uh, some pretty dark places as a person, you know? Same, I, same exact experience for me that I was, I was a really good high school basketball player, really good shooter, but I wrapped my ego up in being a great shooter. I felt like literally I was valued because I was a good shooter as a person. Like that was my identity. And so like, I look back, and there's so many times that, say, like I lifted weights in the morning, I wouldn't play pickup in the afternoon because I was sore 
and I knew I wouldn't shoot that well, and I didn't want people to see me not be shoot well. Like, that is my ego of I don't want to look bad or I care so much about always looking good robbing me of reps. Because that pickup game and the hundreds of others that I skipped out on because I didn't want to, like, be subpar, like, I'm, I'm missing out on reps. That's that fear robbing me of opportunities. And so I think that's something we all deal with where success can become, like, a little too precious and we attach our ego to the outcome. And that's kind of a slippery slope. Again, it's good to care. We want people to, like, want to look good and perform well and develop skills. We want that, but we have to understand that to earn those skills, we have to be down to struggle. So, it's, it's again, that goes back to the tightrope walk, but yeah, it's something it, to keep in mind. It's, no one's ever perfect with this, by the way, at all. It's like we can be aware of what we're striving for and the principles and this tightrope walk. Does that mean we're always going to be perfect? Absolutely not. Nobody is. But it's to be aware of our choices and aware of the principles we're trying to kind of live up to and do our best to spend as much time there as we can. It's really hard because, you know, I don't, looking back at my experience, I don't blame anybody. It's kind of just the way things are in society. There was no one person that was pushing me towards that place where I saw my self-worth and and identity, uh, you know, uh, tied up with my achievement. There's nobody that pushed me there. But as coaches, yeah, yeah, it's kind of our own thing. Our coaches, our parents, our friends, our family – um, it, what we can do as coaches is be intentional about praising the effort, praising the growth um, yep. that's happening. But the trick is, you know, you want – it's like a kid makes a game-winning shot, right? Like, you know, he wins it. You know he's worked really, really hard. You just want to praise him for, oh, you're such a great cheer. You want to say all those things. It's, it's I got hard, you. like the balance. you got to praise the effort. But there's sometimes you just want to say – I'm so, you know, yeah, I'm proud of you, not just because you work hard, yeah. but I'm so proud that right. you got that award, right? Right. You know, I'm proud you made the game-winning shot. <laughs> right, and, and I think that that is actually okay if we back it up with a layer of, like, information about the process. So, like, I think it's great to celebrate the wins. I think it's good to tell someone great job, and it's more than fine to be like, yo, you kicked some butt tonight. As long as we back that up with, you kick some butt tonight. Like I've noticed you've been really working at some stuff in practice. It showed up tonight. Great job with that. Or you really kicked some butt tonight. What have you been working on in practice? Like what have you been thinking about this week? Because I saw some big time strikes tonight. So we're like, we're giving love to the outcome, but then we're giving the more attention or what we call it. How do I say this? It's like, we're acknowledging that the outcome happened. We're not ignoring that. We're celebrating it. Or if the outcome wasn't ideal, we're talking about that as well. But then we give the love and energy and focus back to what led to that. So, again, it's about the groundwork. So if I, in my program, say great shot, that could be perceived as bad feedback. But in our groundwork, we say, look, when I say great shot, it means it was like, you had great rhythm, you were open, great shot selection, and it was like the time and the place for that shot. I say great shot when those are the things. As a coach, we don't have time in the game to, like, break down all of those things. Like, it's too fast. 
So I just, again, the groundwork is when I say great shot, it's not because it went in. It's because all of the things that create a great shot, you did. So and because you also say great shot when they miss it and they do all those exactly, things. Exactly. Right. That's the key. It's like, because our default is usually if it goes in, great shot. If it didn't go in, nothing. But if, if we're doing it properly it's, and laying our foundation, it's, you can shoot a great shot that doesn't go in. We do it a lot. And to give them that love of like, yo, oh, great shot. And then in the timeout, again, be even more specific of like, I loved your rhythm there. Or that was a great, uh, that was a great time and place for that shot. It was like within our offense, you were wide open. I love it. Keep that up. So you see, we're like giving love to the process where maybe it's perceived as we're talking about the outcome, but we're actually not because we give it regardless if it went in or not. If it was genuinely a good shot, according to the things that we believe make up a good shot. So again, like everything, there's balance. But I, I, I don't think we have to stop saying good job or great game or you kick butt. I think we can do all that as long as we bring a little more of the like process stuff in it. Now, I don't really think there's a place to call people naturals because that gives us the wrong idea of learning. Like if I believe I'm just naturally a good shooter, probably not going to spend too much time working on it because I'm a natural. But I can it is more than okay to believe I am a great shooter because I've earned and developed that skill. And if I continue to get those reps, I can get even better. It's okay to think you're good. Just don't forget where the good came from because we earn those skills. I, I'm a firm believer that most skills, and I think the most important skills are things that we build. And sometimes it's hard to see how they were built or when they were built, but they're usually built. And, I think we all have a huge capacity to grow, period. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know what we call that so it resonates with the players, but the truth is we all have a great, huge capacity to grow. And that the player that's in fifth grade that's dominating, great. He or she built that skill. They spent some time. They're good at this. That's fine. But if they just sit back and adopt the story of I'm a natural at this, they – People are going to catch them eventually. They really, really will. Like, again, it's, it, it, the, the studies have shown it's like almost impossible to predict who's going to be the top achievers at a young age because like there's lots of things that change and lots of people spend more time and lots of people approach the learning process differently. It's like, so the way we talk about it, we just say skills are built. There's something you earn. We're all different. Maybe we go at different speeds. And there are some natural abilities that can give us initial head starts. All that is true, but we all have a big capacity to grow. We all can get better at shooting. We can all get better at ball handling. We get, can all become better playmakers. That's all we're saying. And when we adopt that mentality, our people are more likely to practice those things which means they're more likely to build those skills. When the opposite is to tell the story of some people are just born to be ball handlers, some people are just born to be shooters, and other people are not, the problem is those stories rob us of reps. That if the story is this kid's not a shooter, you're probably not going to get many reps shooting in practice or in games. If the story robs us of reps, it's kind of self-fulfilling. 
without the reps, I become not a good shooter. But it's not because I'm missing the shooting gene, because I've missed out on lots of reps because of the story. Does that mean, does that mean everyone's going to shoot like Steph Curry? Absolutely not. But it means everyone can get better at shooting. Yeah, I love that perspective. Like everybody's got potential, you know, and so, and it's so funny because I think, you know, you look at the billion dollar sports industry, NFL, NBA, these leagues, MLB, all these, I hate to say them bust, but these first round, first pick guys that just don't pan out to become great players. And you have the supposedly the brightest minds evaluating and they can figure it out. You know, like, um, you know, so it's, it's, yeah. it's very, well, uh, humbling, you know, it's it, like, uh, uh, right. It's <laughs> like, and so who are we as eighth grade coaches? Like, we don't <laughs> no. have the stats, but I will tell you this, that there is very high level sports programs that I've worked with a couple, um, in different, different sports that are starting to take this into account. And when they are searching for who they want on their team, who to draft, or who makes the team. Of course, they're looking at skill sets, but they're actually starting to ask lots of questions to figure out, is this person a great learner? Is this person going to be able to jump into situations where they might not look the best? How are they going to respond to that? Do they believe they can grow? And so what they're doing is realizing that maybe, and, and by maybe I mean absolutely, that building a team of, of course, skilled, but great learner, that team is going to outperform a team of maybe more skilled people who are not great learners in the long run. And so there's a couple programs that are finding ways to identify these principles that help us become better learners, uh, growth mindset, and being able to get out of our comfort zone and, and be okay with looking bad. They're starting to look for that in the selection process, which I think is brilliant. I, I know. I think in an ideal world, if I'm a high school coach, I got like a hundred kids trying out for the team, or I'm a college coach, and I'm able to recruit and and go after certain players. I would literally administer a growth mindset test, or like a grit test, yeah. right? All those yeah. things to like start to compile that. And I'm sure some of these top level, you know, programs at um, you know professional level, collegiate level. I mean, you've been all over the place. I've seen uh, the list of places that you've worked with. I'm sure that they are. Some of them are starting to catch on, right? Yeah, um, it's, it's just understanding that we're in the business of learning regardless of who we are or what we do. Seeking out great learners is effective. Now, great learners can be built as well, but at that level, it's like if I have a choice, I'm just going to pick someone who shows the tendencies that for one way or the other they've built that will help them be better at learning. Like if I have a choice, I'm picking the learner. Understanding that People can all develop these skills. So many great takeaways from today's episode. The first is the danger of progress, knowing that it's not always addictive and that moving forward, we can either get complacent or we can become fearful um, and try to avoid challenges and struggles. And then as a coach, we have to communicate in a way that promotes the growth mindset to avoid uh, these dangers. Also, number two is balance. This was a big theme of uh, our last episode, and John Wooden's uh, number two word after love was balance. We have to want people to care, but not too much. Number three, praise effort, celebrate achievement. I think that says it all. Praise the effort, 
but celebrate achievement. It's okay to celebrate their successes, their achievements, but we need to be praising their effort and constantly reminding them we are proud of them because they have been committed to the process. My fourth takeaway was actually kind of personal, um, and it related to Trevor's story about falling into that trap where he felt because he was a better shooter that he was a better person. And I could relate to that with my own personal story. And I think that is probably one of the most dangers, biggest dangers about sports today is that we have too many people at all levels tying their value, their self-worth to their performance, what they can do on the court and what they can do in the field. And I know coaches and parents need to be very careful, very intentional about the way they're leading, the language they are using so that they are not promoting this mindset. Lastly, the most important skills are the ones that are built. Absolutely love that. I really talked about that before, about how we need to start valuing uh, grit. We need to value learners. Yes, we can build great learners. We can build learners, but it's a lot harder to do that. Uh, So we need to seek great learners out because some of the best skills, the best skills, are the ones that are built. That's it for today. You can go to thriveonchallenge.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to get today's podcast notes in PDF format. Also, be sure to shoot me an email with your thoughts, your suggestions, your questions uh, to jpnerbun at thriveonchallenge.com. I'd love to come speak to your team, to your coaches, to your parents, um, or tell you, talk to you a little bit more about my mentorship program for coaches. Thanks for tuning into the podcast.